Welcome to CitySpeak with Max Masudafarkas. Empty hotels and grounded airplanes have become the symbol of a tourism industry fighting for survival. The threat posed by the coronavirus to the airline and hotel industries has spelled disaster for cities whose local economies depend on revenues generated by tourism. Don Liu is the executive director of the Los Angeles Department of Convention and Tourism Development. He joins us today to help us understand just how long it might be before the city can once again expect to see the smiling faces of out-of-town visitors. Stay tuned. Season 2 of CitySpeak is sponsored by Batoni Architects. Batoni Architects is an award-winning design firm with a body of work ranging in building type and scale from interiors to master planning. Visit BatoniArchitects.com to see their work. Don Lu, welcome to CitySpeak. Thanks, Max. Great to be here. So just to start us off, what are some of the key metrics that you use at your department to measure LA's economic activity in the tur- tourism and convention sectors, whether that's revenue, annual visitors, etc.? Primarily, um, we track annual visitors uh, to the city. Um, last year, we hit over 51 million visitors. When Mayor Garcetti took office in 2013, he set a goal of trying to hit 50 million by the year 2022. And we actually hit 50 million in 2020, so two years early. And just to be clear, those are all metrics that were pre-COVID Los Angeles, is that correct? Correct. And the other metrics we use are TOT or transient occupancy tax. So the hotel bed tax that is generated by those visitors how much we generate for the city's general fund, which is uh, upwards of $300 million pre pre-COVID. And the reason I ask that is to really set the stage to ask you this follow-up question. Namely, can you tell us what the city's outlook is now in all of those key metrics in the post-COVID environment? Yeah, so we use a group called Tourism Economics. It's a subsidiary of Oxford Economics, and they do tourism forecasts all over the country and the world. And they are now predicting that next year we're going to be at about 28, 29 million visitors. So a little more than half of of what we were uh, last year, a loss of 22 million visitors. Is it fair to say that that tracks similarly in the convention space or what are some of the unique factors comparing pre-COVID and post-COVID as it relates to convention metrics? Yeah, unfortunately, I think convention measurements are going to be even longer to recover, let's say. Mass gatherings in a large facility, even like the convention center, are going to take a little bit longer to uh, recover as opposed to the individual business trips or family, family visits to Los Angeles. You know, mass gatherings of tens of thousands of people are probably going to take a little bit longer. It reminds me, I actually read recently about some theories that the January 2020 Consumer Electronics Show, you might have heard about this in Las Vegas, was actually an early coronavirus hotspot that we didn't really realize. And it's really just a reminder, as you said, that huge conventions like it and like ones that happen in LA are serious risk factors for the virus's spread. So, you know, do you have any sense of when you think convention goers themselves will regain confidence and are you planning to take any measures to help rebuild that that confidence? So that's a good way of putting it, right? Because most people ask us, when can when will the convention uh, planners come back? And it's really 
the way you put it, it's it's going to be up to the attendees and the exhibitors. And and when is consumer sentiment strong enough for there to be actual you know confidence in coming to a large facility with a lot of people? Like I said, it, we think it's going to take a little bit longer. There are some that say maybe not until there's a vaccine or you know some therapeutic treatment that could be. As long as a year, we hope it can happen sooner than that, for sure. So obviously the convention center can't be housed in the interim for, as you said, thousands of people gathering. Is there any talk or any thought on your end about maybe some creative alternative uses to the convention center in the meantime? Yeah, absolutely. Like, for instance, we currently have a medical relief center, 250 hospital beds in case there is a hospital surge. So we were in place for about a month now, and we're still in place, uh, really to give the hospital some comfort that if there is a surge in patients and there would be a need for more you know, hospital space, we could accommodate that. That's something that we implemented right away. We're also uh, using our kitchens to help feed seniors. And so we're doing about 8,000 meals a week wow. out of our kitchen. You know, interestingly enough, a rental car company usually has thousands of cars on the road and now have very little. And so we actually leased out our parking lots um, and we're taking on maybe 3,000 cars are, are being temporarily stored in our parking lots. So we're trying to do the best we can. You know, we also have large spaces. And so we've thought about, you know, are there meetings that are too large for a company's conference room or a hotel ballroom. If we have the ability to do large groups, maybe not the thousands, but even, you know, a couple of dozen, maybe your conference room at your business, you know, you can't sit six feet apart and have 20, 30 people in, in your in a meeting. We've got spaces that we can, you know, build out and have conference space like that so that we've been thinking about things like that and also you know maybe schools need more room than the, than they have and so we'll see what the uh, future brings but we with a million square feet we certainly have uh, a lot of opportunities and we're trying to trying to think about it, all the options we might have out of curiosity are some of those innovative alternative uses you mentioned who's the progenitor of a lot of those ideas is that coming from you is that a government push? Is that the federal government with regards to the hospital beds? Where where are some of the ideas originating? Well, the mayor's office was instrumental in putting together that uh, medical relief center and working with the federal government and getting the field medical station set up. The other uses are really market-driven, really. Our customers have have the need and the private sector has the great ideas. And, you know, we're, uh, we're used to taking our large space and magically creating environments almost overnight. And so people who have been to the convention center and use the convention center are aware of our, you know, really placemaking ability in a single location. So we're hoping that there might be some good opportunities there and good ideas from the uh, private sector. Let's turn now to tourism and pretty relatedly the impacts on the hotel industry. One of the most visible signs of tourism's decline is hotels experiencing enormous vacancy rates virtually never seen before. Some people have been advocating that cities should be thinking about creative alternative uses like the convention center's uses you were mentioning for hotels during the coronavirus with uh, a really particularly strong push centering around repurposing hotel rooms as emergency shelter for the homeless and other such uses. 
What are some of the considerations that come up for you in your capacity as the head of tourism for the city when you hear proposals like these? Well, we're, of course, all in favor of helping out wherever we can, and we, we encourage all of our tourism partners to do that. We also you know, recognize that there's a income opportunity for them. And so many of many of our partners in the in the hotel industry have uh, offered their services. The question we have is, you know, how quickly can it return or how quickly will it need to return to its previous uses? We that's a question we really don't know. It could take, you know, maybe it's going to take us a long time. You know, there's also the question about is there a market correction ahead? Were we overbuilt in the hotel space? Not necessarily because we were running 80 to 90% occupancy pre-COVID, but post-COVID, will there be an excess in supply? Currently, we're at running less than 30% occupancy. So um, depending on how long it comes out, I could see a lot of projects um, that were being planned at least being delayed. Um, a lot of projects that are under construction hopefully will finish, um, but there could be a you know market correction of some sort as we come out of this COVID crisis. Considering you're kind of the face of the city to the hotel industry in some ways, can you just give us a sense of what the feeling is like um, when you have these conversations with the private sector? I think you know, there's always going to be trepidation with the unknown. And it depends on the product type. You know, a lot of times the brand isn't making the decisions that the owner of the property might. So you've got a different governance structures, if you will, uh, depending on the property. So you might have a property owner that hires a management company that works with a brand, right? So you've got three really, really influential decision makers. And people just assume, oh, it says Marriott, then Marriott makes the decision. And uh, most times it's not Marriott Hilton or Hyatt. It's either the management company, which could be a third-party management company, or the private uh, owner of the property, which sometimes is a pension fund or a real estate investment trust. So there's not always an easy call to make to see if uh, a hotel is interested in in these kind of out-of-the-box solutions. You know who to call when you want to book a room or book a large group or rent out conference space, but it's a little trickier to find out who can make a decision on alternative uses for a hotel. I've been hearing a lot of talk recently about how with social distancing in full effect and airplanes effectively being, you know, hermetically sealed virus capsules, this year promises to be the year of the car. Uh, or years, I suppose, depending on the trajectory of the virus. I've seen articles about, you know, insanely long lines at drive throughs or the revival of the old-school drive-in movie theater. But what I haven't seen as much, and what I understand your office is predicting, is a huge increase in road trips or drive-cations, as I think you call them. Can you talk to us more about that and how you're hoping to capitalize on that from the tourism perspective? Yeah, it's a rather unfortunate timing now that we've got this great mass transit in place and we've got people used to the idea of walking and biking and alternative transportation modes. But you're right, it, it's going to be a lot more uh, car-centric in the short term. Working closely with the LAA Tourism and Convention Board, our marketing arm, you know, we've really studied... Uh, what recovery looks like. And we kind of envision these concentric circles around Los Angeles. And we think the first market to come back is going to be the people that can drive into 
uh, the destination, a couple of three hours away, spend the day in the city, hopefully spend some money and then drive home. So that's kind of that drive market we're talking about. And we think that's the first market that will be coming back to Los Angeles. The next market would be kind of this short haul, maybe two or three hour flights uh, into the city, hopefully. And uh, we can get a couple of nights stay in some hotels. And that's really what is going to help generate the economic impact for Los Angeles. The next markets would be the long haul, the longer flights from the East Coast, Chicago and Florida and the like. And then lastly, the international market. So those are kind of that concentric circle approach that uh, the tourism board is, is taking and now really thinking about marketing. And so what's going to bring that drive market to Los Angeles, we think are going to be some of our museums and attractions and hopefully our restaurants. So a lot has been made of these phases, but really that's kind of a phase three uh, activity. Uh, but when Hopefully we can get some dine-in restaurants and, 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 and hopefully we'll have some, you know, way to open our, our museums and other attractions in the city. To put it bluntly, it seems that international travel is going to be a long ways away, at least from a tourism perspective. What is your attitude towards attracting international tourists as we emerge from the crisis? Yeah, it's going to take a little bit longer. I think travelers in general are going to be leery about long-haul flights and international flights. You know, on the other hand, there's also folks in market that are concerned about international travelers, right? So we have we have to do our best to um, not only ensure visitors that they can come to Los Angeles safely when when they can come safely, um, but we also have to uh, convince our residents and businesses that uh, there is a safe way to do it, and this is the right time to do it. On the other hand, Max, there is an opportunity, too, for L.A. residents that would normally take leisure trips and international trips that may not uh, necessarily uh, want to do that at the time, that hopefully we can keep those travelers here and those regional travelers in Los Angeles and give them opportunities. So, you know, instead of going to Paris or Tokyo, if you're in San Francisco, come to Los Angeles. And you're if you're in San Diego, come to Los Angeles. Or if you're in Los Angeles, let's stay in Los Angeles and let's give you a lot of great things to do. And why don't you rediscover your own city? One of the features of the coronavirus and social distancing is that we are expecting that a lot of people will probably prefer being outdoors rather than in close quarters and cloistered together. Is that something that your office is preparing for? And how are you potentially going to, to nurture more outdoor experiences? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're, we're very excited about. The uh, county starting to loosen the restrictions on our beaches and uh, our hiking trails. Um, those are big attractions for millennials and and all demographics. But we think that, you know, even though we're a large urban area, in reality, people come to Los Angeles for the beaches and the weather. And so opening up those outdoor spaces really can help us recover quickly. And, and we're, we're pleased to see that the county is thinking along those lines too. Don Lu, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Max. Thanks for having me. This has been City Speak with Max Masuda-Farkas, produced in partnership with Urbanized Media with audio production and music by Greg Gordon-Smith. Stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs>